Lord Jesus, what a wonderful name your name is. You've caused so much for us. Chains falling, freedom given, life, full life, redemption, forgiveness, salvation. Thank you. Now as we consider what it is that you want us to hear this morning, we just surrender our hearts to you and ask that you'll give us ears to hear what you want us to hear this morning. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will fill me and speak through me, that I will not say anything that you don't want said. And we just want to take our stand now in the strong name of Jesus against anything that might be said against us in our time together this morning. We don't want any part of anything that is not of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. We claim this space and this time for Jesus Christ and for his glory alone. Amen. So this morning is part one of a two-part series on, um, or sermon on our spiritual battle that's referred to in our passage that we've been looking at, Ephesians 6, verses 10 to 18. Jeff started us last week by talking about the armor of God, and so we're not going to look at that this morning because he did a fantastic job of covering that off last week. We're going to specifically look at the warfare, the battle that is talked about in Ephesians 6. And I'm going to ask Kennedy Holbrook if she would come up and read our passage for us now. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes in the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Thank you, Kennedy. Awesome. So there are two key things about this reality that there is a spiritual battle that we are in that I want to focus on this morning. The first is I want to talk about why it matters that we accept that this battle is real. And the second is I want to talk about the directive that Paul gives about how we are to engage in this battle, how we are to be strong. So let's start with why it matters that we accept the reality that there is, in fact, a spiritual battle. In my experience, there's quite a range of opinions and beliefs about this fact, um, about whether or not it's true, how much um, emphasis we're supposed to place on it, what we're supposed to do with respect to it. When you take a, a look at what it says in Ephesians 6, Paul is pretty specific, and he really spells it out for us. He's telling us specifically, it's us against powers of this dark world. It's us against the spiritual forces of evil. He identifies that this battle is of that realm. It's not against, you know, other human beings. It is a spiritual battle. There is actually something happening in the spiritual realm towards us as Christians. And this isn't the only place in the Bible that we hear about this battle between us and the devil. An example would be 1 Peter 5, verse 8, 
where it says, be alert and of sober mind. The enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Jesus tells, it about it, tells us about it in John 10.10 10, when he tells us that the thief, who is our enemy, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There are many other passages as well that speak to this reality that there is something going on in the spiritual realm between the devil, who is our enemy, and us as Christians. Now, we have been looking in this series at the way of love. Us being warned about this spiritual battle and given the understanding about how to arm and protect ourselves is the way of love. Because God is our Father, a good Father who loves us. So he wants us to be protected. Just like a human parent, we don't want anything to happen unnecessarily to our children. We want them to be armed and prepared and ready for whatever things they might encounter out there in the world. So we give them teaching and warning and learning so that they are prepared and armed. For example, I taught my kids to look both ways before they cross the street. Because the danger is real. You step out in front of a car, it will hurt. And so from the time they were little, we would walk up to the road, we would look this way and say, no cars. We'd look that way, we'd say, no cars. And then we'd say, okay, no cars, no cars, we can cross. Just a simple little way that we taught them how to keep themselves safe out there in the world. There was this one day, Ethan was probably around two years of age, he was in the back of the car. We were driving through our subdivision. I had just turned onto a street, so I wasn't going very fast. But this kid comes out from between two cars on his bike right in front of me. And I slammed on my brakes, and thankfully, I did not hit him. And as I sat there in the middle of the road, trying to get my heart back out of my throat, down into my chest again, I hear this cute little voice from the back seat say, no cars, no cars. Because at two years of age, he had already learned and understood that you have to look both ways before you cross the street or you might put yourself in danger like that kid on the bike did. We do the same thing as that kid on the bike when we choose to disregard the warnings and the directives that God gives us about how we can arm and protect ourselves in this spiritual battle. We need to accept that we need to look both ways before we cross the street. It matters that we understand that so that we don't end up riding our spiritual bikes in front of a car, so to speak. And it matters that we accept that this actually is a real thing that's happening because we can't take our stand against something that we don't acknowledge exists or that we aren't paying attention to in our lives. It matters because God wants us protected and he's given us what we need to be protected. But if we aren't accepting that this is in fact a reality, we won't be armed and prepared. We will be exposed to unnecessary harm. Now I say that, but that doesn't mean we should be afraid either. We have absolutely nothing to fear about this battle. 
1 Timothy 1.7 tells us that we haven't been given a spirit of fear. We know, we talked about this a few weeks ago, we've been given the spirit of almighty God in us. So we have nothing to fear about this battle. This isn't about being afraid and living in fear of the devil. We don't have to do that because of who lives in us. We also don't have to be worried that we're going to give the devil too much credit if we accept this reality. It's God who told us about this reality. He's the one who made us aware of this. We aren't attributing anything to the devil that God hasn't already told us is fact. We also don't have to worry that by acknowledging there's a battle that we're somehow taking away from God and his power. There isn't, an in, there isn't a finite amount of power, and if we acknowledge that we have a, an enemy who has power, we're somehow reducing the amount of power left for God. That's not how it works. Our God is an all-powerful God. His power is as infinite as he is. So we don't have to worry that by realizing and acknowledging that there is an enemy who holds some power, that we're going to do anything to touch God's power. We can't. He is untouchable. And we have to remember that he already defeated Satan on the cross. That's why we started with communion before this sermon. So that we could remember that our feet are on the solid ground that the cross of Christ secured for us. That's also why we have nothing to fear. It also matters that we accept that this is a reality. Because the devil is going to scheme against us like it talks about in our passage whether we're armed and prepared or not. We can choose to say, I don't want to give that too much thought. I don't like how it makes me feel. I, I, I don't want to give the devil too much credit. We can choose to be in that spot. But that's not going to mean that he's going to stop scheming then. Our English word strategies actually comes from the word schemes that's used in this passage. This enemy that we're facing... This isn't some bad guy that just hangs around behind corners waiting for the next person to walk by that he's just going to jump out and do something to. We're talking about an enemy who is scheming, strategizing against us, who's studying us, who's figuring out who we are as people and what is our weakness. What is the best way to undermine us so that we can't be as effective for the kingdom of God because of the stuff we're stuck in? It's an intentional, purposeful battle because it's designed to neutralize us. It's designed to stop us from living the full lives that Jesus came to give us. Chip Ingram says it like this. That means our temptations are not random. The false perspectives we encounter do not come at us haphazardly. The lies we hear the conflicts we have with others, the cravings that consume us when we're at our weakest points, they are all part of a plan to make us casualties in the invisible war. They are organized, below-the-belt assaults, designed to neutralize the very people that God has filled with his awesome power. It works just fine for the enemy for us to decide we don't want to think about this so that we walk around unarmed and unprepared. It works just fine for the enemy 
for us to think we don't really have anything we need to worry about protecting against. That we're in a good enough spot in our lives that we no longer need to be diligent about temptation or sin or falling. It also works just fine for the enemy for us to say, well, that's not an enemy attack or sin or temptation. That's just me. It's just a part of my personality. It also works just fine for the enemy for us to say, I don't know, I've tried so hard, I can't kick this. I think I just have to resign myself to it. I would suggest to you this morning that if that's you, if, if you fell into one of those categories that I just mentioned, or if you're struggling with something that feels like it has a stranglehold on you, that feels like the intensity is over the top, like anger on steroids or pride on steroids or lust on steroids, it could very well be something that is laced with enemy strategy, and that's why it feels so all-consuming. Not because you're a failure. Not because you're not good enough or Jesus is not strong enough. But because you're in a spiritual battle. So we're going to stop for a second. And I'm going to ask that you go before God. And just ask him. What does he want you to hear from him? Right now. About what's been said so far might not be something new, might be something you've heard for the millionth time, but he wants you to hear it again. Think about the things that are in your life that you struggle with. Ask God, is this one of those below the belt assaults on me? Is the reason why this feels so all-consuming because It's actually an attack, a purposeful, intentional, scheming attack on me. I'm going to ask you to just reflect on that, and there's going to be a video playing um, behind me, and when it's done, I'll come back up. Lord, you know what each one of us is talking about with you right now, what each one of us needs from you, what each one of us has heard from you. Give us eyes to see the next steps. Give us wisdom to understand where we go from here with what you're speaking to our hearts. Because we know you have more for us and that you want more for us and that you're here to give us more. So we lay it at your feet. All the stuff that is hard, all the things that entangle us, all the lies we've believed, our vulnerabilities, all of it, we laid at your feet. We ask for you to cover over it with your cross so that we can be lost in your grace, wandering in the maze of you. In Jesus' name, amen. So now let's look at how we're supposed to engage in this battle, what Paul tells us. He starts right at the beginning of our passage in verse 10. He's very clear. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It's the Lord and his power that gives us the strength to be in this battle and to operate from a place of victory. God's infinite power in us 
is how we are to engage in this battle. Chip Ingram says we aren't fighting for victory, because that's already been won at the cross. We're fighting from victory. And he says that the, this awareness of warfare and an understanding of the armor and the weapons that we have is so that we can experience in our daily living the victory that we already possess. See, that's the sanctification process we engage in as Christians, isn't it? The victory's been won at the cross, and then we work out our salvation. We are sanctified more and more as we are surrendered to him and filled with the Spirit. And as we choose to appropriate the things the Spirit of God has given us to engage in the battle so we can do away with the stuff that keeps us from experiencing in our daily lives the victory that is actually right there for us. To experience. It's kind of like we stand our ground and we hold the line to protect the things that are rightfully ours as children of God. I like the way the New Living Bible says it. Last of all, I want to remind you, your strength must come from the Lord's mighty power within you. And the message says, and that about wraps it up, God is strong and he wants you strong, which is why he gives us the armor, the weapons, right? A little bit later on in the message, um, it says, be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued. We're up against more than we can handle on our own. Which is why we have to accept that this is a reality. It's why it matters that we accept that it's a reality. Because otherwise we're going to be up against stuff we can't handle on our own. That we were never meant to handle on our own. The way we are to live in this battle is through the power and the strength of God in us. If we pick to do it through him... We will have, as our passage said, what we need to stand. I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 to 5. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We're destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. When we pick to accept that the battle is real and we choose to do it the way Paul is telling us to do it through the strength of the Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit in us, we're being equipped with divinely powerful weapons, ones that destroy the fortresses of the devil. Come on, <laughs> that is amazing. We don't do it ourselves. First John 4, 4 tells us that. Greater is he who is in us, than who is the Holy Spirit, than he who is in the world, the devil. The way we bring about those divinely powerful fortress or, um, weapons to take down those fortresses is because of who is in us. And then in James 4, 7, we understand what happens. Submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. If we arm ourselves with God, 
If we've put on his armor and taken up his weapons, if we're tapping into the spirit of God in us and we are in that posture of submission to him versus self-sufficiently sufficiency, then we can resist the devil and he will flee. Fortress demolished. Verse 18 of our passage says this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. In the midst of our battle, we pick to stay close to Jesus, live every day through the power of his Spirit, tapping into him, tapping into how he's equipped us, how he's gifted us, how he's empowered us to take our stand and be strong. And that includes praying. That includes not just praying, but praying in the Spirit, entering into his presence in such a way that he leads us and shows us and helps us to understand how exactly to pray so that we can be praying against the things that we are to be praying against for our protection and the protection of others. As Jeff said last week, this isn't an individual one-on-one -on -one battle. We are part of God's army. We are meant to be taking our stand alongside our sisters and our brothers. And not just praying for ourselves, but praying in the Spirit for them. And letting them in such that they can pray in the Spirit for us. I want to read you a true story that happened to a missionary. The missionary was serving as a medic in Africa. Periodically, he had to travel by bicycle through the jungle to nearby city for supplies. It was a two-day trip, so he would camp in the jungle overnight. He'd always made the trip without incident. But one day, when he arrived in the city, he saw two men fighting. One was seriously hurt, so he treated the man, shared Christ with him, and went on his way. The next time the missionary traveled to the city, the man he had treated approached him. I know you carry money and medicine, the man said to the missionary. Some friends and I followed you into the jungle that night after you treated me, knowing you'd have to sleep in the jungle alone. We waited for you to go to sleep, planning to kill you and take your money and drugs. As we started to move into the campsite, we saw 26 armed guards surrounding you. There were only six of us, so we knew we couldn't possibly get near, and we left. When he heard this, the missionary laughed. That's impossible. I assure you, I was alone in the campsite. But the young man pressed the point, no, sir. I wasn't the only one who saw the guards. My friends saw them too, and we all counted them. Several months later, the missionary attended his home church in Michigan and told of his experience. A man in the congregation interrupted his presentation by jumping to his feet and saying something that left everyone in the church stunned. With a firm voice, he said, we were with you in spirit. The missionary looked perplexed. The man continued, on that night in Africa, it was morning here. I stopped by the church to get some materials for a ministry trip. But as I was putting my bags in my trunk, I felt the Lord leading me to pray for you. It was an extremely strong urge. So I got on the phone and gathered some other men to come to church and pray for you. Then the man turned to the rest of the congregation. Will all of those men who prayed with me that day stand up right now? And one by one, they all stood up. All 26 of them. 
Now, for clarity, I don't think we're to believe that the 26 men that were seen are, were, were spirits of the men who prayed. I don't think that's what the man in the church was saying when he said that they were there with the missionary in spirit. I think he meant that they were prompted by the Holy Spirit to stand with that man in his battle through intercessory prayer. And because of their sensitivity to the Spirit of God, those men interceded for the missionary and God responded by sending 26 of his angel army, one for each man fighting in prayer for that missionary. See, when we're strong in the Lord, when we've said, okay, there's a battle and I'm going to, be picked, I'm going to pick to be strong in the Lord, that is what we're tapping into. We are tapping into a supernatural weaponry, a supernatural response. We are inviting God and his power into the battle to enable us to stand strong. That is the way of love. He's given us everything we need through his spirit to engage in this battle in a way where at the end, if we're tapped into him, we can stand. Hidden in Christ, tapped into his spirit, praying in the spirit, all kinds of prayers and requests, putting on his armor, picking up his weapons, we will be allowed and able to stand in Christ, through Christ, and for the glory of Christ. Amen.